2: This is the Cork Today replay on C103.
3: Good morning to you as we welcome you along to another week of Cork Today, hoping that you had a lovely weekend and whatever you got up to that you managed to get out and about because certainly the weather was gorgeous across the weekend for the many outdoor events that were on the Rod Stewart Concert. I saw, I seem to have known so many people who went along to the Rod Stewart uh, concert. My Facebook feed was full of happy, smiling faces. Everybody seemed to have enjoyed it and it was a lovely evening uh, weather-wise and it certainly was a glorious, it was glorious across the weekend for the Mallow Garden Festival and it's always better for the Garden Festival when the sun is is shining. So I'm assuming huge numbers went to the festival in Mallow. If you went along, we hope that you enjoyed it. Uh, yourself and for others then it was a nail biting weekend people, family, friends canvassers were all uh, locked inside very hot and sticky count centres because the count centres are full of people and then if it's warm weather on top of it it can get quite stifling at uh, times. I spent a number of hours on Saturday evening at the count centre in Mallow and you could see the amount of people going in and out uh, trying to get a little bit of air and once again um, when you're when I go along to the count uh, centres there's just this, there's a great excitement about it I wouldn't like to be in the position of being one of the candidates and it's just it's the highs and lows of the whole thing I mean it's absolutely wonderful if you are the tide is in for you and you're doing well and you're topping the poll and you're going to get elected and there's just a euphoria about it but then there is the pain of watching somebody lose a seat, particularly, you know, somebody who's worked really, really hard and done their very best and tried their very best, be it as a councillor, as a TD or as an MEP. And for whatever reason, the votes go against them at a particular election and then they lose their seat. It's I I don't think in all the years and I'm about 30 years, I think now covering elections and going along to uh, counts and I don't think I'll ever get used to watching somebody lose their seat it's one of the most heartbreaking things I always get emotional uh, for the person it's just it's really really hard and we had um, a couple of losers this time round in from the county councillor's point of view where uh, I was at the Mallow Count Centre Melissa Milan Sinn Féin councillor uh, for the area she lost uh, her seat Social Democrats June Murphy from from Formoy, they were also counting that at the Mallow Cannes Centre. She, of course, had been a former Sinn Féin member. She lost her seat. And then in the Carrigaline ward, Michael Frick Murphy, another Sinn Féin councillor, also losing his seat. So the tide was very much against Sinn Féin. It was a little bit like what it was like five years ago when the tide went out for the Labour Party and there was a number of... Labour Party councillors lost uh, their seats and it was just it wasn't it wasn't the day for Sinn Féin but for you know the councillors that lose their seats they're hard-working councillors And, and I said it I don't know how many times and I know I put it up in some Facebook posts to people as well you've got to be very very brave. To put your name on a ballot paper. And everybody, you know, goes into politics with the best of intentions. Now we can all get a bit cynical about it and say, Oh yeah, they you know they knock out those best intentions out of them when they get elected and they fall into line with party policies and the whip and all of that and they do what they're told and well they went in with the belief they were going to make a change and then they can't make a change. But they try. They really, really do try. And I think they are the bravest people. And, you know, if bravery was the reason for getting votes, all of them would have been elected. They're just, they're very, very brave people. So my sympathies to those that uh, lost uh, their seats. And then we even had some former TDs who put their names forward, people who lost their seats in the last general election. I mean, we too, Fine Gale TDs, Anya Collins in the McCroom area and Ole Harrington in the Bantry area and I'm assuming they're both very disappointed with the results because they both failed to pick up a, a seat. Now we will in this hour, I will briefly go through all of the different areas because we're still getting calls in from people wondering: Did so and so get elected? Who got elected in this area? So I'll go down through uh, each of the I think there's ten different electoral areas now for Cork County. So I'll, I'll quickly go down through them during this hour and let you know the the winners. And who got in, and and where they got in, and all of uh, that, um, and we'll do that this hour. And then we've selected three of the poll toppers just to have a quick chat with and we've gone from sort of one from North Cork one from East Cork one from West Cork we can't get to all of the poll toppers unfortunately and we can't get to speak to all of the councillors who got elected it was a little bit like in the run up to the election we literally had too many councillors with which there was a time uh, when we were only when we were covering a smaller area when we could have got all of the councillors in to have a chat and let them set out their stall and we in previous years ran debates but unfortunately there's just too many councillors in too many areas uh, to cover. Interesting if you are one of those that watches the way, you know, the tide, when I mentioned the tide coming in for, going out for Sinn Féin at uh, this time if you are somebody that watches the percentages of votes and where do they go? There's a good piece in the Irish Times today where they go through the main parties and they just show, for example, for FINA Fall, the last 20 years they do the ups and the downs. This is just from a local election point of view. 10 years ago in 1999, the first preference votes for Fianna Gale were at 28%. That went to a high in 2009 of 32% and it's down this time to 25%. But I'm still surely of Varadkar is happy enough uh, with that. For FINA Fall, they certainly can take heart from their performance in the local elections. But looking back over the highs and lows of the last 20 years, in 1999, they had a... it was probably one of their highest percentage of first preferences and then that has gone down to 27% but they are going to have the most councillors elected, Fianna Fáil will. In the Labour Party their first preference of shares 20 years ago in 1999 they had 11% that went to a high of 2000 in 2009 when it went to 15% They slumped then in 2014 to 7% and the slump continues because in 2019 they're only at 6%. And then for Sinn Féin, 20 years ago they had a first preference in the local elections of just 3%. That went to a high in 2014 of 15% and then they are at 10% now. So while the tide went out for them, they are still higher now than what they were by 7% than what they were some 20 years ago. So we will talk about local elections on the programme today and already getting some texts in from people who want to congratulate various councillors and paying reference to you know, the achievements of some councillors. Michael in Castletown Bear says, Patricia, I'd like to congratulate Frank Roach on his successful election in the Formoy electoral area. Frank is the first homeless man that I know of to be elected to the County Council. I'm delighted for Frank as he's a most gentle soul who has genuinely helped many, many without looking for any self-praise. Furthermore, it gives me the greatest of pleasure to congratulate Katie Murphy of Skull on being successful in the Bantry electoral area. 20-year-old Katie, daughter of the late Michael Pat Murphy who passed away at a very young age and grandfather of the late Michael Pat Murphy TD and Parliamentary Secretary. I wish Katie who is studying political science at UCC along a successful career in politics it's in the genes says uh, Michael and it was good by the way to see young people uh, and we will, as the week goes on, and we'll catch up with all of the news coming out of the elections, we will try to catch up with some of the young guns. great to see young people. I got the chance to have a quick chat with young William O'Leary, who got a seat um, in, uh, who 's at the Mallow County. But it's just great to see the young, the and the other uh, young uh, chap, um, Ben Dalton O'Sullivan, he's only 19, he ran as an independent, he's been elected as the youngest county councillor. So it is good to see uh, young and youth because they will be our future politicians and john says hi pa- hi patricia this is by text great to hear frank roach has become a councillor he will be a un, says uh, john and we thought that when we would come on air today we would be able to give you the results of all of the electoral areas in cork in county in cork county the county council but of course will be short one because as we now know there is a recount going on in Bantry they're going underway at 10 or maybe it's at 11 this morning anyway there's a recount this morning this is the four-seater Bantry constituency it saw Danny Collins brother of Michael Collins he topped uh, the poll huge first preference. uh, He's one of the poll toppers we will be speaking with uh, a little bit later on. As expected, the county mayor, Patrick Gerard Murphy, he retained his seat, even though he'd waited until the sixth count to get elected. And then Katie Murphy, who I've just mentioned there from Fine Gael, um, she was just shy of the third seat. And while there was, um, while that was all sorted out, the battle for the fourth and final uh, seat was between Fimber-Harrington and Holly McKeever carnes of the Social Democrats. Now, after the sixth count, just three votes separated them. By the seventh count, Fimber Harrington was just twelve votes ahead, and then it all came down for the transfer of the surplus votes of Katie Murphy, and they went to one, and then that brought Fimber Harrington's total to one eight six five, and Holly McKeever carnes to one eight six four. There was one vote between them so obviously you knew straight away that a recount was going to be called and it was so that means they're going to be doing that all over again today I don't know how long that is going to take I don't know whether we will have a result out from that before we finish up the programme today but of course if we do we will bring it to you the Europeans are going to be our focus as well this morning again I thought coming to air that I would have some kind of a result from the Europeans but I'm not going to. Uh, we will be catching up with Fiona Corcoran just to find out exactly what is happening there. But it's, they're, they're saying it's looking like it's expected to be at about one o'clock today. The big problem, and did we not talk about it last week for the counters, was the struggle with the two foot long ballot papers. And I heard at one stage that they were folding them in two and they were putting them into bundles if there was a one on the top half and a one on the bottom half and they put them into various bundles. And it went on for hours and hours and hours and there wasn't one vote put into a pigeonhole for counting. I mean, <laughs> you couldn't help but feel sorry for, for the counters. So that mammoth task is underway and we hopefully, as I say, fingers crossed, will have a first Count. That's not to say. Well, if somebody elected on the first count, but we should have a first uh, count by lunchtime today. As I say, whether I'll be on air or not, I don't know. Let's not forget also that the plebiscite in Cork City is uh, underway. Now the tallies are suggesting that we that voters in Cork opposed to reject plans. But I know, and we were running this on our news there at ten o'clock that the count got underway at City Hall at 9am. Now, many are predicting that the vote will go down to the wire, is what's been said now. And unofficial tallies uh, this, uh, this morning are saying that after about an hour of counting, the vote so, ha- so far was leaning ever so slightly towards the yes vote. But that was just an hour of uh, counting. So we're going to have to wait and see, because certainly most of the political leaders and commentators were saying that it looked like it was going to be rejected but one wonders was there much debate about that plebiscite I mean the bulk of the debate for me when I heard anybody talking about the plebiscite the bulk of it seemed to be about the cost of what the wage package was going to be for the, for the Lord Mayor rather than talking about what the Lord Mayor would or wouldn't be able to do. And of course, we did have a referendum. We did have three ballot papers, four if you were in the city when you went to vote last Friday. And as we know, the divorce referendum, referendum went through. It was the biggest landslide of a referendum since the Good Friday Agreement was passed some two decades ago. It was the early hours of yesterday when the final count was announced from Dublin uh, Castle, and there was relatively little debate around the divorce referendum in the run-up uh, to the vote. But yet, the public gave a mass, massive bank backing to the constitutional change. Eighty-two percent voting uh, yes, with just seventeen percent. Uh, Voting against it, the Justice Minister, Charlie Fallingham, will now bring forward a bill to amend Section 5 of the Family Law, that's the Divorce Act of 1996, under the existing law, couples have to live apart for four of the preceding five years in order to apply for a divorce. This will be reduced to a total of two years during the previous three years. And under Minister however, Minister Flanagan has said that the core principles for the marriage will all remain in place. And then there, of course there was also a second element of the referendum that was focusing on foreign divorces, and the yes vote now were set to make it easier for those divorces to be recognised in Ireland. It was always kind of crazy that somebody came from another country with a divorce that for just because it wasn't in sync with our laws wasn't recognised. But I thought it was summed up lovely when because I was delighted with the vote. I just thought this is a good, this is a really strong sign of Ireland and where Ireland is today. And I thought the Culture Minister, Madigan, summed it up when she said, I think there is a deep well of kindness in the Irish people. This ultimately wasn't about rocking the system. It was about humanising it. She said, I think people have showed that they have a solidarity with people going through a marital breakdown through separation and divorce and it's a tough enough thing to go through and nobody sets out when they walk down that aisle or wherever they decide to get married and say I do and and they're in love and they want this to be for the rest of their life and then for whatever reason marriages break down but nobody goes into marriage thinking that that's going to happen and then sadly it does happen and we do have to show a level of kindness and I think she's right I think Minister Madigan is right there is a deep well of kindness in Irish people I think it was really very much reflected and it shows us as, as a society we've matured as well and we're not afraid to say it is okay to be divorced. It is okay to be separated, uh, you know. And we know and accept that things can go can go wrong. and And we feel your pain. And let's see if we can help you along the way. So, so well done uh, on that one. Uh, good, good results. Eighteen fifteen three 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 one zero three. So we'll talk politics on the program. Talk elections. We welcome your thoughts and comments throughout the morning. And then after eleven, and, mo- and more. Uh, a distressing topic I suppose to be discussed we're going to speak with the ISPCA on the programme They will we ever see an end to animal cruelty this is their latest report that is out and no doubt when we talk about their latest report we're going to end up having to talk about puppy farms and uh, we can hang our heads in shame in Cork and in North Cork in particular because we seem to have uh, too many way too many of these puppy farms and the conditions that the animals have to live in is just unbearable and it's Monday so Annalise Gercel will be with us after half past twelve today answering all of your nutritional questions 1850 text whatsapp oh eight six two. 103 103. Marion Manway says that people have very short memories, particularly when it comes to the Green Party. She remembers them taxing the hell of, out of us the last time they were in government. They brought this country down. We lost our sovereignty over a government that the Greens were in coalition with. I'm surprised that people have forgotten this, says Mary in Dunman. And I suppose one of the big talking points when they were talking about the green wave at the weekend, and while I think everybody accepts climate change and we all want to be environmentally uh, more friendly and we all know we need to do something about the environment, but the big one is when it comes to it and it's going to cost people in their pockets how green will people be uh, then? Eighteen fifty three We're going to focus on the Europeans. Let's take a quick break and we're back with our senior news reporter Fiona Corcoran A total of 59 candidates went forward for election in the European Parliament across Ireland's three uh, constituencies with 23 running here in Ireland, side for the five seats. To update us on how it's all going, even though I'm, I think I'm right in saying we haven't won MEP elected yet, but our um, a senior news reporter is uh, Fiona Corcoran. Uh, good morning to you, uh, Fiona. You're welcome. Thank you. um, I'm right in saying
4: there isn't an MEP elected anywhere in the country yet, is there? Um, I think so, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I think it's been quite slow um, in the European elections They were expecting a result um, in Cork City for the Ireland South constituency last night but um, I think it was clear yesterday evening that that wasn't going to go ahead and I think they called quits on it at around 11 o'clock last night and um, back again now this morning so they're expecting the first um, person I think they're expecting the first result at around lunchtime I think I heard today so, And um, the
3: first result doesn't necessarily mean anybody getting elected Yes.
4: No, but I suppose, like for the people who are sitting over there in Nemo Rangers today, they will be hoping that somebody will be elected at lunchtime because, you know, it's been it's been a long weekend already, so um, they'll be hoping now that uh, they'll be getting something at around lunchtime today. But, um, you know, there was twenty three candidates I think in Ireland South, so the the people over in Nemo Rangers have been telling me that this count could actually continue until Thursday before um, all the. F- four or five seats are, are filled so it could be a long wait yet for people and it's the
3: length the length of the ballot paper that we were joking about i have to mm. say last week but that's in itself causing problems to the people counting
4: that's right um you know when you when you see i mean i'm sure people have seen the photographs and the videos of um the system and and people have a little table in front of them and they have like Piles and piles of thousands of thousands of votes, and uh, this vote, this uh, piece of paper is like two foot long. So um, people are finding it very hard to actually put it down on the on the table and and find space for it on the table. But um, even somebody I was talking to here the other day in City Hall, they were telling me that in um, in one constituency in one of the polling booths in Cork City, that they actually put out tables and chairs for people to sit down and vote on for the elderly <laughs> people in particular because it was taking them so long because between the European election and the local elections. There were so many candidates that they had to decide on so they needed to sit down. <laughs> so okay so
3: all, all we're still going on uh, is uh, tallies and the tallies looking mm. like Sean Kelly is going to be the first MEP for the South.
4: Yeah, and I think like the exit polls show that as well and the tallies are showing that as well, so I suppose it's not a big surprise. And I think people were even saying that going into this, that he was expected to do very well. So it looks like he's going to take the first seat. It looks like Fianna Falls, uh, Billy Kelleher, who's replacing uh, Brian Crowley, is going to do well as well. It looks like he's going to take a seat. And it also looks like Liam Rieda from Sinn Féin is going to take a seat there as well. Um, now, that, um, that would be good for Cork because obviously um, we'd have two... Uh, MEPs going forward from here. um there's there's um question marks over whether or not Deirdre Clune um Deirja Cloon, who is a sitting MEP, whether or not she's going to be able to hold on to that seat. So I think she's got a bit of a tough battle ahead of her. and um obviously a very anxious wait over the next few days um, and I think Malcolm Byrne, Fianna Falls Malcolm Byrne is also in contention there for that seat as is Independent Mick Wallace. Um, so, is Grace O'Sullivan
3: um, of the Green Party in with the Oh, him? and Grace O'Sullivan, yeah. yes, sorry, sorry, yeah. Grace
4: O'Sullivan as well, yeah, from the Green Party. She's also um, in, in the running still as well. So um, it'll be an interesting few days now to see what happens there, Patricia. And of course, it'll all go down to transfers
3: um, and I was looking back on I mean, Deirdre Clune was in a similar situation this time five years ago. She is very mm. transfer friendly, but I just yeah. don't know if she has enough first preferences this time to get her over yeah.
4: the line. And I mean, like I think um, the party was very worried about her going in um, in the last week. It, uh, you know, like we had Leo Veradker and we had uh, to Ta- 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 Simon Coveney down here campaigning for, um, and canvassing for her on... Thursday I think there was some concern whether or not she was going to do well and she has been quite active in Cork over the last while as well so you know I don't know whether the Cork vote is enough to get her over the line so we'll and, then, and then and we
3: also already you know if, 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 if it goes down the lines that we're talking about we will already have um, a, the, all of the MEPs coming from the Munster the side of the constituency Mm. I mean realistically there has to be an, an MP come out of the Leinster side of it because this is a sprawling constituency yeah.
4: but, cons- but like it's so big and it's so vast and you've got so many different areas here I mean you've got you know Cork City you've got then so many rural areas so it was always going to be a very tough um, constituency because of that because it's so big and I suppose people up in the likes of Offaly and around there their their interests are going to be completely different well not completely different but they'll have you know different interests than people in Cork will have so um, and even going in I mean like I heard I was talking to people here over the weekend and they said a lot of the faces on the ballot paper they didn't even recognise so you know you're kind of going to vote for the people who are in your area and who you know so um, and a
3: huge number of people went in to vote and returned to ballot paper with not a mark on it for
4: the Europeans
3: Mm. seemingly the highest number they've ever seen
4: Yeah, that kind of says it all, doesn't it? Yeah, (laughs) yeah. But I think this time around as well, Patricia, um, with the locals, um, and here in Cork in particular... Um, we've had that whole boundary extension so the local elections this time around have been very interesting for people then we had the divorce referendum we also had the the plebiscite vote for the uh, directly elected mayor here in Cork so there was a lot for people to take in and there was a lot for people to go in and vote on um, and you know I, I saw somebody putting up on Twitter that they felt like they had um, just gone back and sat the leaving search when they <laughs> went in to vote huh. so you, you know it was um, maybe it was just a little bit too much for people all to all in the one day all in the yeah. one day yeah. And talking. Of and I think that that criticism was, um, you know, there was criticism of that with the directly elected mayor because um, people were saying maybe now wasn't the right time to have a plebiscite vote in Cork as well. Do you know, with the boundary extensions and everything, it was just maybe a bit too much for people to take in.
3: OK, and talking of the plebiscite, I know you're keeping a, a close eye on that mm. uh, today in uh, City Hall. And we were just yeah. running on our news there at 10 o'clock. It's, it's kind of running neck and neck with the yes and the no's.
4: It's going to be tight. Yeah, yeah. like we were here um, in Nemo Rangers on Saturday. Um, all of the votes were sorted and it looked very early on like um, it was going to be a resounding no. And even uh, Jerry Bottomer, Senator Jerry Bottomer, who's been spearheading the Yes campaign, had conceded defeat very early on in that. But um, as the weekend has gone on and I've been talking to people here in City Hall and they're not so sure that that is going to be an overwhelming no. Um, they said that it looks more like it's going to be very very tight towards the end that it's going to be very 50-50 um, and Tronis to Simon Coveney I think over the weekend refused to admit defeat in that as well so I suppose it's still all to play for here um, now they, are, they started that count <coughs> excuse me they started that count this morning at 9 o'clock so um, we're expecting to have a result in that at around lunchtime today Okay and I know there's
3: a recount uh, then looking at recounts there's yeah. two of those going on there's one going on in, in Bantry at the moment
4: there's one going on in the city as well isn't there? There is, yeah, Patricia. Um, Sinn Féin called for a recount in the Cork South Central constituency last night, um, just after nine o'clock last night. And um, there ha- it's a seven-seater constituency and four of those seats have um, been filled. Um, but there's... Um, a race now between uh, the, he, he would have been a county councillor Sinn Féin county councillor Owen Jeffers and he's moving over to the city um, and independent city councillor poddy de there's only 12 votes separating them wow. and then there's Sinn Féin city councillor Fiona Karen's and um, you know so the, she's only a few votes behind them as well so um, the three of them are fighting to get the, the last two seats in that constituency and it's a really really tight battle here at the minute and um, I was talking to Sinn Féin TD Jonathan O'Brien last night um, about why they took the decision to call for a recount and he said that with 12 votes in it it's very very close and it was too close to call it um, you know they couldn't just let it go and I suppose for um, the Sinn Féin party it hasn't been a good election particularly here in the city Um, like up until when they called the recount they only had two Seats in the whole um, in the whole of Cork City Council at that stage. Now they have three because Henry Cremin was elected late last night. Um, but they only have three. They came into this election with eight seats in the city. They only have three now. Um, so they will get a fourth seat, but I suppose they're really trying to get that fifth seat as well. So um, it's we are expecting to get that the, the recount kicked off at t- or started at 10 o'clock this morning. So we're kind of hoping to get something on that in around lunchtime as well today
3: okay we'll leave it there Uh, thank you for that uh, Fiona if there's any update before the close of the programme we'll get back to you uh, before one but thanks thanks for joining us bye bye bye. that is our senior news reporter uh, Fiona Corcoran Vincent in Delmanway says I was thinking the same thing as Mary in Delmanway one of your previous callers who was surprised that people voted green I am not against people doing something about climate change but the last time Fianna Fáil and the Greens were together they increased fuel by 16% the Greens will increase fuel if they get into government when that happens then as no one will want that if petrol and diesel price go up people will not be happy with this so-called green wave Robert and carrigaline line I'm surprised people voted for the Greens the last time they increased the price of fuel with more people commuting because housing prices are so high what about those people travelling from the county heading into the city some in Cor, for example don't have a rail option or a bus option they have no choice but to take their cars under Greens uh, they will be um, hammered. And the council, both city and county, are reminding candidates posters must be taken down by this Friday, or else a fine will be imposed. Can- can- candidates who are now councillors, candidates who weren't successful, and who are, no- who are not now councillors, please take down your posters.
2: This summer, thousands of people will love this feeling. You can experience it too. invites you to run the Irish Examiner Cork City Marathon Sunday June 2nd Whatever your fitness whatever your goal whatever your reason we want you to hit the streets hit the streets alive. Join a relay team or go solo in the half or full marathon Register now at corkcitymarathon.ie corkcitymarathon.ie The Irish Examiner Cork City Marathon Sunday June 2nd with C103. Record today on C103. Text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment. 086
3: 2103 103. And we've decided we're going to speak with some of the poll toppers from some of the electoral uh, areas, uh, starting with Mallow, which was a five seater that returned two Fianna Fáil, two Fianna Gael, and one Labour uh, to the new uh, council. Of the five councillors, the five councillors going forward uh, four of them were running for the first time in a county council election including the poll topper for Fianna Fáil that was Pat Hayes and uh, I'd to say for the first time we welcome Councillor Pat Hayes to the programme. Uh, Good morning to you Pat Good morning And let me start by saying congratulations to you First time out did it come as a great surprise to top the poll? It, it,
5: It did Patricia, and good morning to to, to, to your listeners. And um, I suppose it's a great honour for me and for my family to have have been elected to Cork County Council. Um, I'm delighted, of course, to have topped the poll. Uh, it certainly was a great achievement for my team and and for myself. You know, the, the fact that it was my first time running, um, and it was certainly it was a wonderful result. You know, I, I it was great first time out. I, I would like, I suppose. I'd sincerely like to thank the people, you know, who who voted for me, of course, and placed their trust in me. And and the vote was very evenly spread, you know, right across the constituency, which which is uh, very, very encouraging.
3: And you come from, you're, you're, you're a Mallow man, you, you, you work in business in Mallow, you've been involved in the Chamber, you've been involved in the Racing Home for Easter Festival. And the biggest problem facing Mallow at the moment is traffic, Pat. That must have been something you heard about, and traffic delays.
5: Yes, I mean, that obviously that would be one of, the, um, one of the main concerns. And I suppose it is a huge hindrance to the development of, of the town. Um, if I could take the opportunity, I'd just like to thank my family and, and, of course, my team and anyone who helped in any way. You know, they were outstanding in the effort they gave, you know, during the campaign. And I suppose, as, as we mentioned, when, when canvassing, you know, I did try to visit every, every house and every home. I suppose apologies if I, if I didn't get to, to speak with everyone. But we certainly did meet a lot of people and um, we we're aware of the issues and I think parking was... Was one of the which was one of the big ones, and parking and and the traffic, you know, congestion. So um, yes, that that was a, a major concern. So, what would
3: you most like to achieve in in your first term as a councillor? And I'd say first term because I'm assuming you will go again.
5: <laughs> <laughs> um, I suppose at the moment we're we're you know we're we're in, in a state of kind of um, I suppose you know wonder really that to to get the result that we got. Um, and I do look forward to, to representing the people of Mallow and, and the surrounding areas for the next, you know, five five years. They, they, I suppose having worked in and lived and, and being an employer and, and having a business in Mallow for, for over 30 years, um, it, it's a privilege and it is an honour to work on, on their behalf. And um, I suppose my concern will be, you know, to see the future development of Mallow and the surrounding areas. And I will strive... Really, to to make an impact in in a positive way, and and um, I look forward to working, you know, with my fellow councillors. I look forward to working with the county council, and and uh, and, and trying to make positive impact okay. uh, in this future. All right,
3: no doubt. We'll speak again once again. Congratulations to you, Councillor Pat Hayes. Thank you for that, and thanks for joining us thanks. Good morning to you and just to let you know the others uh, elected with uh, Pat uh, was outgoing councillor Gerold Murphy also of uh, Fina Fall, and Labour's James Kennedy was elected. He had formerly been a town councillor in Malibu but this was his first time running for the county council and then also the other two new councillors were both for Fina Gael uh, councillors Liam Madden and Tony O'Shea and of course Tony O'Shea a brother of uh, John Paul O'Shea and then move to the other side of the county, to West Cork and to the Banshee who've gone to a recount but the poll topper here was uh, Independent Councillor Danny Collins. Good morning to you, Danny. Good
6: morning, and, Good morning,
3: And congratulations uh, to you. Uh, you must have been thrilled with the huge vote that you received. To
6: be quite honest, yes, I'm delighted. It really hasn't sunk in yet, like someone said to me yesterday evening. Hasn't sunk in and hasn't yet. Um, um, Patricia, but look, it just shows the people out there are sick of party politics and they want to change and they want to keep keep the until the independence going. And look, I thank the people who who gave me their number one, and still, what you got like like when we were doing the polls on Saturday, the number twos and threes I got was unbelievable as well. So, but look, thanks to all the people who gave me number one, and thank God I got elected last Saturday night.
3: And it's and it's, and the independents are going to hold the balance of power, aren't they, in the next council? You're going to have...
6: Well, that's where this is looking now at the moment. I think it's the eight, eight or nine seats we have. And, and look, they are becoming the larger parties will be coming knocking at our door. But look, we'll keep our options open and we'll see what, we, what we're going to do.
3: Now, the Bantry electoral area where you topped the uh, the poll and then you were followed by uh, Gerard Patrick Murphy on the sixth count and uh, Katie Murphy on the seventh count. But now we're all back to square one again. There's a recount going on.
6: Yes, it's, um, I think it starting at 11 o'clock. And um, look, it's going to be tough for the two candidates that are there, um, Holly and, and Thimber. Um, they'll have to go through the whole lot of it again. But look, that's the... Like there was only one vote that separated them and like the I suppose it had to be done, so look, I wish both of them best of luck, so we I'll walk with any 'em whoever gets elected.
3: Yeah. Any idea how long that will take, Danny?
6: I wouldn't know, to be no. quite honest. I couldn't say to be quite honest, but I'd say it could be a long day. And you you could very well ha- have happen again that it could be a a second recount afterwards.
3: Yeah, yeah, only time will tell. There is there's gonna be a lot of new faces. There'll be a lot of old faces in the council, but there'll be a lot of lot of new faces. Is yes. that is that is that good for the council? Do you think? And a lot of youth managing well, to get there's through. A
6: lot of youth, like you have um, young Ben Dalton there from from um, He's nineteen.
3: Nineteen
6: years old. Yeah. I've been I've been speaking and been in contact with Ben over the last number of weeks. And I, I can see that he, he's a, a great community person, great. and um, like he, he's there working for the people, and like he's been in contact with my brother Michael Collins TV over issues, and like for a young fellow 19 years old, it's great to see yeah somebody's and, like he has no party backing but, and basically he's there for the community and hes
3: he's, he's, he's an, an independent he's running yeah. as an independent as well yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and that bodes well for the future, doesn't it to get i mean it's, it's hard to get young people involved in politics.
6: It is like you know, people say, "Oh, us counsellors, <laughs> oh, you have an easy life." But to be quite honest, like like our phone, well, my phone anyway, is uh, is open twenty four twenty four seven, like, and I I I always come back to people if I didn't answer a call. I'm, but you know, this, you have to be there for the people, and that's what I and that's what I intend to do for the next five years and keep it going.
1: Were
3: you surprised at the nationwide green wave that's been uh, t- uh, spoken about and the support for the Green Party?
6: Um, yes, yes, but there is a lot of environment issues out there, like um, we, we which has to be tackled by our local government and by by above and Dolly Iron as well. So, um, with the Green, yes, like someone commented on your radio, there are. There, People are long forgetting the way the way they treated the country the last time they were in power. Um, but look, we'll see how did this um, um, how these new candidates get on, and hopefully they'll have learnt that they won't crucify the people too much.
3: Okay. Well, once again, congratulations to you, Danny, and we'll speak again. And uh, thank you for joining us on the program. Thanks, uh, good morning to you. That is uh, Councillor Danny Collins who topped the poll in the Bantry electoral area. We're going to take a break. We have news at eleven on the way. We'll continue. A lot of th- comments coming in about the results of the election we'll bring that we'll bring those uh, to you and also uh, in the next hour we will be talking with the ISPCA about their latest report into animal cruelty
1: Hello this is Rod Stewart We've
7: given it away the Rod Stewart 3K triple play on C103 Hi there
0: Hi what's your name? Marie. What's your surname, Marie? Phelan. And where are you from, Marie Phelan? I'm from Glanmire. Marie Phelan. You just
2: won 3,000 oh, euros! Oh my God! Oh my! <laughs> oh, my! <laughs> That's brilliant!
7: So, congratulations to Marie Phelan from Glanmire for winning 3,000 euro on the Rod Stewart 3K triple play.
2: It's that time of the year.
8: plushcare.com slash weight loss
7: and stay listening for the best way to win big on c103 you're listening to cork today on replay phone and text lines are currently closed
3: before we go back to looking at election results and I'm just going to quickly run down through all of the different electoral areas in the County Council because John Paul says he's getting calls in from people wondering did so and so get in and who got elected in, in a various ward. So I'll quickly go down through them but before I do I just want to give a quick mention for Abigail in Clonakilty, who contacted just just before we came on air this morning to say her daughter purchased tickets for the disco in Ahamilla, the Clonakilty GAA uh, disco for this coming weekend. Her, her ticket is for Saturday night. Now they have a picture of the ticket but she's after losing it. They have the number of the ticket plus they have all the other correspondence to prove that they purchased uh, the tickets. Now Abigail got on to us because she said she's tried to contact the numbers of the organisers of the disco in Ahamilla via their Facebook page but she's having no luck at all so she just wants to check with the organisers as to what her daughter has done because she's all the evidence she's purchased the tickets, but the ticket has gone uh, missing and as the ticket is on the Disco is on this Saturday night. You can imagine there's anxiousness in the house, in Abigail's house. So if any of the organisers of the Disco at Ahamilla for this weekend are listening, could you contact us please because John Paul doesn't have a number of where we could direct Abigail to. So if anybody can help us with that and we'll pass the numbers on to Abigail and Kilty and we can let them sort out all that. So give John Paul a buzz please 1850 333 103. Let me look at the different wards in Cork County County and who did what? Let's start with Bandon Kinsale. Uh, six seat, seats, and they're all filled. Uh, they've been filled by Alan Coleman and C- Councillor Alan Coleman, Councillor Julian Cockham both elected on the first count. Uh, Kevin Murphy was elected on the eighth count, and then on the tenth count, uh, Sean O'Donovan, John O'Sullivan, and Marie O'Sullivan. That's how Bandon Kinsale. Uh, fared out. We did, We have done Mallow in the last hour. Let's look at Carrie Galeine, Six-seater Carrie Galeine, uh, independent councillor on the first count, Marcia Dalton. Also uh, Aidan Lombard topped the poll. Oh no, it was Seamus Mar- Sorry, Aidan Lombard also got in, but it was uh, Seamus McGrath of uh, Fianna Fáil topping the poll there with a massive Vote. Uh, also getting in for in Carrigaline, Audrey Buckley, Fina Fall, Ben Dalton O'Sullivan, who we mentioned. This young nineteen-year-old is an independent, and Fina Gales, Liam O'Connor. That's for the Carrigaline uh, area. The the have I done that one? I'm, just, I've got so many sheets in front of me. I'm trying to work out who I've done and haven't done. I've done that one in Bantry. We've spoken about that. Let's look at. Canturk, uh, four seats in Canturk. They filled fairly quickly with, on the first count, Fina Falls. Ian Doyle returned, as was Bernard Moynihan, who topped the poll for Fina Falls. John Paul O'Shea returns to the council for Fina Gale, as does Gerard Murphy in the Canturk area. And then in the McCroom uh, area, six seater here. Fianna Gale's Michael Creed, Fianna Falls Governor Moynihan, Fianna Falls Michael Looney, Independent Martin Coughlin. A lot of people very happy to see Martin get a seat. Fianna Gale's Ted Lucy retained his seat and Eileen Lynch for uh, Fianna Gale makes up the sixth seat there. We also have the Formoy uh, area. Six seats in the Framois area and returning to the council. Our councillors Noel McCarthy for Fina Gale, Deirdre O'Brien for Fina Fall, Franco Flynn for Fina Fall, who was delighted with his first preference vote, and a new councillor. For Fall, young William O'Leary. Kay Dawson returns as a councillor and somebody we've been congratulating this morning with calls coming in. Uh, a new independent councillor for the Fomoy area and that is Frank uh, Roach. Let me see, have I done skibberine? I haven't in the skibberine uh, area. This was a five-seater. Uh, on the first count and topping the poll for Fina Fáil. It was Christopher O'Sullivan returns to the council. Councillor Joe O'Carroll was next home also for Fianna Fall. Uh, De- uh, Councillor Declan Hurley returns as an independent uh, candidate. For Fianna Gale, Karen Coakley and for Sinn Féin returning Councillor Paul Hayes, who had a very close call and I imagine it was quite nerve wracking for Paul Hayes. But of course, he, with the boundary changes and the he lost... Part of his vote area and that made it quite tricky for I have to say for a number of the uh, councillors in the Middleton area on the first count there was three people elected uh, councillor for independent Noel Collins, Vina Gales Michael Hegarty and also independent councillor Mary Lenahan Foley, all outgoing councillors. Um, on the sixth count saw the election of Sinn Féin's Daniela Toomey. She returns to the council um, and a new councillor is Fianna Falls, James O'Connor for the Middleton area. Susan McCarthy for Fianna Gale returns and they also have a new, there's a Green Party there in Middleton and that is uh, Liam Quaid. OK, I think <laughs> I've gone through uh, all uh, of them. So there's a mix. There's a return of the old councillors, who I suppose people will say would bring experience with them. And that's mixed in with new councillors. There will be uh, fresh faces amongst the new council when they meet for the first time. Now, some of your thoughts coming in to uh, us. Um, Tim says, full marks to John Paul our own John Paul McNamara for keeping the show on the road on Saturday night. I listened, didn't he play a blinder? He really did. And Tim says also to Michael Scanlon, an accountant with a natural interest in figures and through his GAA work he knew the areas and the candidates. Yeah, I, I thought Michael Scanlon was uh, particularly good. He was uh, he was uh, excellent. Uh, thank you, Tim, for that. I'll pass on your your kind wishes. To, uh, to everybody involved. Thank you for that. OK, some of your other comments coming in. A different Tim says, the bashing of the Green Party is disappoint- disappointing. What kind of a planet will future generations inherit? As a farmer, I voted green. The next cap must include a scheme which re- rewards non-invasive, non-intensive, sorry, non-intensive farming. Our current Minister for Agriculture seems to have no interest in saving small farmers from being wiped out. Remove EU payments from these intense, intensive farmers, says uh, Tim. And actually, Tim, you'll you'll be... Disappointed if you're, you're saying that you're, you're, you're already saying you're disappointed with the bashing of the Green Party. We're getting a lot of calls and texts in from people not happy about the so-called green wave. Uh, one texter says, Patricia, the government is all for big farmers. I don't know how they will get on with the Green Party. I would rather see five small farmers than one big farm factory. Hi Patricia, I think the people, this is Seamus and Mallow, I think the people have spoken in this election but have they made a bad call in the Greens? Remember the last time the Greens were in power it was an infliction on us when it came to the cost of fuel. The Greens punished people for voting for them. They will do it again. That's from Seamus in Mallow. Andy O'Connor, when you talk about a memory man and a man for figures, he's a great guy. Andy, Newmarket, thank you for your text, Andy. says, congratulations to Newmarket's Gerard Murphy, who was elected for the fifth occasion to Cork County Council. Gerard was first elected in 1981 and since then the Murphy family have held a seat in the Kanturk area. Gerard winning in 1991-1999. Uh, 2009, 2014 and now 2019. His wife Marion won in 2004. Gerard chaired the council in 1995 and served as a Dáil TD from 2002 to 2007. That's from Andy in uh, Newmarket. Marie in West Cork says, Patricia, I'm disappointed because I voted for change. But it did not happen. People have short memories the last time the Green Party were in government with Fianna Fáil. They brought the IMF and the EU bailout upon the Irish people and we've been suffering since thanks to the Green Party. We can now look forward to more taxes up the good work. That's from Marie in West Cork. Thank you, Marie. Hi, Patricia. i like to congratulate Councillor Gillian Coughlin. She's a great girl and really deserves her success. Congratulations also to Sean Donovan. Well done, Sean. Delighted for you. Someone else, this was a great night in Skull last night, Patricia. We'll be announcing a big celebration for Katie Murphy in Goline for next weekend. You might give it a mention. I will get the details in. There'll be a lot of those... Um, Parties and celebrations, I imagine they'll go on for a few weeks uh, yet uh, to uh, come. And Jim is someone who is pleased that the tide went out on uh, Sinn Féin, was never happy with the power base that they had uh, received. And there's a lot of other similar calls with the Greens in particular. Um, I won't go over them all because they're they're basically all saying pretty much the same uh, thing um, anything different in there, Ed, in Castletown Bear says, apart from the green wave, um, another evidence from the elections where the people that top the polls are working regardless of party politics. People are voting for those that work when they get in, especially the younger voters who are no longer voting just along the party lines. And I suppose that's true of Certainly of local elections, it's it's true. Some would say of all elections, this personal uh, vote. But it is certainly true in, in local elections. People vote for. I think at local elections you can get to really know your councillor if if you want to, and if you want a job done, and they might call to you or you might call to them. Maybe we're a bit more distant from our TDs at national level, and then even more distant from our MEPs who head to Europe but then when you look at a personal vote from an MEP look at Brian Crowley's personal vote and everybody knew that that wasn't a pure Fianna Fáil vote now it looks like Fianna Fáil will Billy Kelleher will get in in Ireland South but nobody will come anywhere close to having the kind of vote that Brian Crowley had every single time he stood in a European election and everybody said a lot of that was absolutely a personal vote. OK, and as I say, lots and lots of other people. I won't keep reading out the, um, the green ones so much um, for John Paul. can stop taking them because they're just all the same. It's, it's a lot of people just not happy that the Greens, um people voted green. 1850 333 103. John Paul is taking your calls. Text or WhatsApp eight six two.
7: The latest jobs on C103. Official media partner of the Irish Examiner Cork City Marathon, Sunday, June 2nd. Get working now to run the full, half or relay. More details at c103.ie.
3: Jessie's home and beauty salon in Bantry and Clom. They're looking for qualified beauty therapists for both locations. Plus they need a hairstylist, please. Plumbers wanted for the Cork area. Own tools and transports. Transport and you need to have up-to-date certs. A housekeeper wanted for the butterfint area, some cooking involved and two forklift drivers are wanted to work with a landscaping company. You need to have pass and manual handling certs. You'll find all the details and more job opportunities by going online now. Just go to c103.ie forward slash jobs for more. This is C103.
2: This is the Court Today replay on C103. Now the
3: Irish Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals have just released their annual report highlighting the increased numbers of animal cruelty reports last year. Local Senior Inspector is Lisa O'Sullivan who joins me. Good morning to you Lisa. Good morning. Uh, And you're welcome. Over 17,000 calls for help last year. I mean, absolutely shocking. But in some ways, do you welcome that there appears to be a greater understanding of animal cruelty, which is leading to people reporting?
1: Yes, Patricia. Um, As much as uh, we would rather the calls were less coming in, um, I think that we'd be foolish to think that um, animal cruelty situations have reduced. Uh, It's not that there's an increase in animal cruelty, there's an increase in public awareness, and we do appreciate when members of the public pick up the phone and contact us to report it, to investigate, um, because going forward, that's more promising that we might be able to improve the situation in Ireland.
3: how difficult is it to take and get a prosecution?
1: It is very difficult. We have to work within the law and while we welcome the Animal Health and Welfare Act and the uh, powers that it has given the ISPCA Inspectorate, um, it is very difficult to get and the people will know from um, day-to-day robberies and, and things like that that um, go to the guards and the guards do up their reports and send them in and there's no prosecutions. Animal welfare is a little bit more difficult to get past a hurdle. But it doesn't mean we won't continue to try.
3: And what are the penalties like when somebody is prosecuted and is found guilty?
1: Oh, disappointing in some cases. Um, I remember having a a situation in in Bandon going back a a few years ago um, where I was of the opinion that the woman should have been banned for keeping animals for the rest of her life with what she did to her little dog. And she got a slap on the wrist and a two hundred euro fine, and that was so disappointing. It's almost disheartening. But if we get disheartened, heartened, then we won't do the job, and we have to keep on trying. And hopefully, judges will look at it a little bit more seriously and uh, give more severe penalties.
3: Yeah, because I read in your report that one of the biggest cases in the history of the RSPCA came before the courts last October with a man pleading guilty to 30 charges of amulet. Am- right. How bad was that case?
1: That was horrific. Um, that was one of the worst and one of the biggest cases that the RSPCA has seen. Um, and it took uh, the bones of four years to actually get that into a courtroom. And, you know, while the man was imprisoned um, and everything, uh, you kind of feel, you know, is it enough to stop other people from doing similar things going forward?
3: And then um, when I mentioned you were coming on, I mentioned the whole issue of of puppy farms, uh, Lisa. Are we getting any closer to ending puppy farms?
1: I really don't think so, Patricia. I mean, I've been on your show before speaking about things like this. And, you know, um, it's all well and good that we track them down and, and we try and close them down. But the problem, again, is that the public need to stop buying, need to ask more questions, because if we stop the demand then the supply will, will stop as well. And, you know, we really ask year after year after year that the public are more diligent, diligent in how where they're buying their puppies from. Um, are they seeing where the puppies come from? Are they going and inspecting the premises? And we always say to people, look, make the phone call to us, make the phone call to the local vet in the area. He might know these breeders. And make the phone call to the local authorities to see are they registered.
3: And- I'm 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 assuming because so much of this goes on. Is there a lot of money to be made out of selling pups?
1: Yes, there is. Believe it or not, um, the amount of money that goes into keeping. These puppies on the premises where they're born. There's very little money put into them. As we saw in that case that came up during the summer, and um, up in, in Carlo, and um, the money that was being made from that property was something that you and I could never imagine. Um, it's crazy money. I mean, puppies cost nothing to these breeders and they can sell them for several hundred and another problem we have is a lot of these puppies are being smuggled over uh, across to the UK where they're making three or four times uh, the amount of money over there.
3: What are you talking about five six seven hundred euro sterling? Easily and I mean if you've got
1: some yeah easily yeah easily. And it's kind of scary, like French bulldogs or something that we came across in the call last year, and uh, these you can get up to a thousand euro for one of these God, over God.
3: The water. and it's e- it's easy money if you're not looking after the the poor the the mother, the bitch, and you're not looking after the pups. It is easy money, isn't it?
1: It is. And look, you know, I wouldn't like your listeners to think that I'm opposed to breeding. I'm not opposed to breeding at all. And the ISPCA isn't opposed to breeding. Well, it's done properly and the welfare of the mother and the pups is, is looked after. Uh, but when you have, um, you know, 20 or 30 dogs inside in dark sheds and filthy environment with very little access to fresh air, clean water and, and proper food, um, that's what we're opposed to.
3: And I assume they breed the bitches every time they come into heat, do they? So they'd have a couple of litters a year?
1: Unfortunately, yeah. Uh, I mean, if they lose the, if they lose puppies or the bitch isn't uh, producing pups, she's surplus to requirements. And, you know, I, I don't want to think about how these uh, dogs are moved on, if I'm being honest with you. I would just hope that breeders have some bit of a heart that they put, carry them, put them forward responsibly to be rehomed.
8: It's just, it's
3: shocking. Um, Jane says, Patricia, um, uh, puppy farms are shameful. The government need to act on them, but so do we, the general public. It's, redif- it's ridiculous the level of snobbery in relation to dogs, says Jane. It seems that everybody has to have a pedigree Dog. No conscience at all to the poor dogs who are put down every year. It's selfish. Rescue dogs are amazing. Adopt, don't buy. And that u- will ultimately end puppy farms. I mean, thank you, Jane, for that. That's your point. If people stop buying, these puppy farms will close.
1: That's it. And, and, and Jane has a point there, Patricia. I know um, myself with my own animals, um, I have a tendency to choose the dogs that no one wants. If we put, um, I mean, but it's true, you know, I have to say, realistically, I say that mine are broken if they don't have three legs (laughs) or something else wrong. But I have to say that I find that most rewarding. But if we have, we have a beautiful um, Staffordshire um, um, in our centre in Mallow looking for a home. And we haven't had one phone call about him. And yet we had a litter of Pomcroft pups and the phone is ringing off the hook. And I I look at the Staffordshire and think he's such a beautiful dog that just wants a second chance in life. But the fluffy puppies are always the ones that people will pick up the phone for. And and I think that's sad because a a, a dog is, is is,
4: is an animal
1: that will love you regardless of how it looks. And I would much rather go for the dog that no one wants, because that is a hundred times more rewarding.
3: And anyone that has ever taken a rescued animal, uh, Lisa, and given a a dog a second chance, there's something very unique about the bond. It's as if the dog knows you've given me a second shot.
1: I have a collie, Patricia, Uh, he's my work companion and um, he was a dog that was in our centre for about six months that no one wanted to give him a home because in their eyes he was an unremarkable collie with three legs and that dog has given me so, so much um, that I wish that people would actually stop looking at the dog as a breed and look at the dog as a personality and, and a companion. Yeah. And collies are beautiful.
3: They're just they're they gorgeous nature. How did how did the dog end up with, with losing a leg?
1: His um, previous owner, uh, Patricia, um, failed to get him veterinary attention and he'd been hit by a car and the leg actually uh, broke and then healed in such a way that his paw was at an angle and uh, he didn't bring him to the vet because uh, he didn't have the money for it, which to me really is no excuse when an animal is suffering.
3: Yeah, you can come to some arrangement to pay the, the pay the vet off weekly or whatever, can't you? There's ways. There's, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, and then the other issue that I can see a number of people are saying. I to see this year, you raising the issue of uh, puppy farms. Uh, don't forget that when people get the dog, uh, they don't realise the problems that can be stored up for the future by taking, by homing a dog from a puppy farm. Y- yeah, you can you can be you can pay big money, but you can pay big money for big problems as well, Lisa. Can't you? As you the dog can, gets older. Yep.
1: Yeah, and plus the fact that uh, because these dogs aren't bred correctly and they're just bred willy-nilly, you have a lot of health problems that these dogs have. Because with responsible breeding, if there's a health issue with a dog that might be inherited by the pups, you don't breed that dog. But when we're talking about people who really don't care about the animal welfare and only care about profits, they're breeding the dogs over and over again. And then you can have health problems. I think we're all familiar with the the story that if if you, uh, a a crossbreed dog is a lot healthier than than a pedigree dog because a lot of the pedigree dogs can have inbred problems Mm. that don't manifest itself until they start getting older. And then you have the very big veterinary fees. And sometimes um, these dogs don't live very long and healthy lives um, because of these problems that they've inherited.
3: OK, and as a, a senior inspector, Lisa, how busy are you and the other inspectors and could you do with more inspectors?
1: Very busy um, is the word for it. I remember when I started this job 12 uh, years ago, um, it was a lot calmer. But it seems the more the more you're present on the ground and the more you're doing your job, The busier it gets, Um, Cork is an extremely busy area um, because we've got a very big city, and then we've got a lot of rural areas around us. The other inspectors are are very busy. Yes, we could do with more inspectors, um, but obviously, as as a charity, um, we have to kind of delegate what comes in or funds that come in, and we have to be sure that we have. The money there to supply the veterinary treatment for the dogs, uh, to supply the boarding for the dogs, and um, you know, kind of you know, behavior issues and things like that. You might have a dog with you longer. If we had more inspectors, and um, you know, it would be great, but we still need to have the facilities for the dogs. And again, when I talk about that staffy that we have at our center looking for a home, he's, we, when he's been with us for 12 months, ah. and that's 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 a, a daily amount of money that's going into that little dog, and um, all because no one wants him, which is a shame because he is a beautiful dog
3: and what age yeah. is what age
1: is he he He's about five years of oh, age is he he's a young enough, enough dog a tiger is he is
3: tiger and where did tiger what's tiger's background? How did he end In up tiger
1: Tiger came out of the situation with a, a whole load of other dogs and um, it it was a a situation just outside of Cork. Um, where they were living in horrendous conditions. And he came to us, the sweetest little dog. He's strong, that's the problem with him. He's a strong dog. As staffies are. As they are. I mean, I know I have one myself, uh, along with my colleague, and um, she's the sweetest dog ever. And, you know, I mean, staffers and dogs like that come under the restricted breeds, and people are afraid of them because they carry the, the title of restricted breeds. But a responsible owner will never have an issue with restricted restricted breeds. It just means that when you're out in public, you know, there are certain things you must do. You have to keep them on the lead and, and keep them muzzled and things like that. But that's no reflection on the dog's personality. That's just the law.
3: OK. And I know you launched your annual report at the Equine uh, Rescue Centre in uh, Mallow. Cruelty to horses, uh, Lisa, is that on the increase
1: it is, um, It's you know, cruelty to horses is never going to stop and I think the problem again, is, as we've been talking year after year is the fact that people don't have the money to keep horses we find a lot of horses abandoned there was three horses removed from Tor out in um, uh, North Cork there recently and uh, these animals were, were old animals that were beyond their prime they were surplus to requirement so they were dumped in, in this place and that's what we're having we see happening with horses, people don't have the money to keep them or they have no use for it anymore and it's just dumped out
3: there. Here's a, a lovely text in from somebody um, called Tom. Hi Patricia, I got a rescue dog from Mallow through Lisa and my word how he has rewarded me for rescuing him and he gives us and my kids unreal Enjoyment every day and every evening as I come home from work he knows the sound of the truck and he's waiting outside the gate for me and his hug Lisa by the way is a great person she is indeed isn't that lovely that's and that's that's a lovely text Tom thank you for that but there is there's that incredible bond I mean anyone who's ever had a dog will know will know the bond that and then when they pass away it's like a death in the family but whatever it is about rescued animals everybody says that there's something very very uh, unique so uh, Lisa onwards and upwards and and the other thing and, and we can't at the moment pass up mentioning it the bulk of your work is funded through donations isn't it and people leave you money in wills
1: that's, that's correct. And, um, you know, some people, um, just obviously appreciate the work we do and, and make the to us. We do get a, a grant from the Department of Agriculture every year, for which we're very grateful. But obviously that doesn't even touch the surface of the funding that we need. And, you know, I mean, it's like every charity out there is struggling and, and everyone needs more money. And, um, but the bottom line is that with, with the ISPCA, the more funding that we get, the more that we can do. And 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 that's the problem we have. We can't increase our inspectors. We can't increase our accommodation. We can't increase the work that we do for these animals uh, because we have to work within a very, very tight budget.
3: OK. All right. Um, we leave it there, uh, Lisa. Uh, continue good luck with the amazing work that you do and uh, no doubt we'll speak again but in the meantime thank, thank you for that me. and thanks for joining us uh, good, morning good morning to you, you. that is uh, Lisa O'Sullivan she's a great great lady she's a senior inspector with the ISPCA and if you are thinking of getting a dog for the family would you ever consider rehoming a rescued um, dog or maybe you have a dog and you'd like another one a rescued one would bring so much love into your house believe me uh, eighteen fifty. 333-103 John Paul taking your calls you can text our WhatsApp
2: 0862-103-103 Hi Martina here join me every weekday from 4 to 7 for drive time where I'll keep you up to date on all the latest traffic information we'll spread some positivity with our feel good story and song of the day and of course we'll be serving up a generous portion of Cork's greatest hits C103 Texter says delighted to see
3: Martin Cochrane in McCroom get elected. He works quietly and effectively and he's a practical man. The grabbing by the city of Ballincollig, just in the road will seem odd so I think it's worth asking the Healy Rays to get McCroom into Kerry and that signs the first Tim. We've two We've two Tims texting this morning and I referred to one of them as the first Tim. So that Tim now is signing his text as the first Tim. So it's the first Tim. That made me smile. He, we'll ask the Healy Rays to take McCroom into Kerry. Actually a number of people I have to say from the McCroom area messaging and texting to say how delighted they are for Martin Cocklin, We've interviewed him on this programme uh, many, many uh, times. I think the last time I affectionately referred to him as Mr. McCroom. That's what, that's what people refer to him as. So people are delighted that he's been elected uh, to the council. Hi, Patricia, says uh, John. The Lauer Crossroad Cross Road is overgrown with hogweed. It's very dangerous driving now, says uh, John. OK, we'll get on to the council and find out what's going on there. Because if it's a danger when it's coming to driving, then you need to. I don't know if anybody has already notified the council, but normally what we do is we contact them as well. Usually we're in a a list of other people who have already contacted them. But the more contact they get the quicker and the better it is to get them to go out and sort out jobs like that. So it's always important if you come across, particularly an area where, where you see something that you think is a little bit on the dangerous side, that like is an accident waiting to happen or could cause an accident. Or in that case, it sounds what John is describing as it's blocking somebody's view. Contact the necessary powers that be. Alert them to it, just in case they are not aware of it. Now, let me go to the comment line. Jur in Kanturk. Oh, actually, Jur in Kanturk did something similar. And uh, good morning to Jur. I'm very well. You have a problem with the pedestrian crossing on O'Brien Street in Kanturk. Tell me why it's out of action.
8: Well about it's a couple of weeks ago so there was an accident There was somebody just hit this and knocked down one of the, the left hand side of as you're going to Newmarket. Okay. And it has never been replaced.
3: So that means the amber lights are not flashing?
8: Nothing. The one side the amber lights are still there, they're not flashing and the other side there's nothing. The pole and all is gone.
3: And there's the Zebra Crossing though in the middle of the road is there?
8: The Zebra Crossing is there right but it's, it's no longer the Zebra Crossing with you have no lights
3: Well that's true Now local people though will be aware that that's a Zebra Crossing
8: That's fine but I was coming down on Saturday evening and I stopped at the Zebra Crossing because I knew it Yeah And there were two people just about to cross the road and a van came up the street and just went straight through
3: Oh <gasps> Oh. Obviously somebody maybe not local maybe who didn't realise it was a Zebra yeah. Crossing That's exactly it uh, no, and anywhere there that they put a zebra crossing in place, it means there's a school nearby.
8: Now, the buses stop at, the, at, at the, the other side of the zebra crossing and two or three hundred kids cross that every morning and evening. And it's no longer the zebra crossing, it's just a white york on the road.
3: Now, you did your civic duty. You contacted the RSA because it's the Road Safety authorities responsible, isn't it, for the zebra crossings?
8: Yeah, and they, they didn't want to know me. Did you? you she told me to contact the the uh, contact the council. I said the council notice not there because they put a a blue little sign at the base where the old pedestrian crossing was. She told me to write letter to the RSA. She told me everything, which she was doing nothing.
3: But she couldn't log. She couldn't no. just on the phone say, Hi Gerard, can't Cantor, thanks a million for that. Let me take the details from you. We'll look into it.
8: At least she, she should have said to me is that I'll contact the council. She told me to contact the <sighs> council.
3: And told you to put it in writing to the road safety yes. thought. Yes. Not not even an email, writing.
8: No, write it down. She said in the letter, she said we'll leave it. I said I want to talk to your supervisor and she said there's no one available.
3: End of phone call.
8: In the phone
3: call. All right. Did you get on to the council? No.
8: No. It's coming right.
6: north there,
3: sir. I know. We're, we've added it to the, to a list of things that we're contacting the council about tomorrow. God, they're going to love it to hear hearing from John Paul. We'll just see what's going on. But it needs to get sorted sooner rather than later. There we've got children using the pedestrian crossing. But even probably at school times, the children are probably safe if they're all en masse crossing the road because, as you say, locals know. But what you described of that van driver and in fairness to that van driver truck driver you know God help them it wasn't their fault they didn't realise No 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 You know if you're new to an area you're new to an area you're not going to always know that that was a pedestrian crossing that oh by the way isn't a pedestrian crossing at the moment because there was a bit of an accident
8: And I flashlights it in just as he passed he raised his head up in the air and just said he didn't realise it. Yeah yeah, not
3: his fault I mean not not his fault but my God could you imagine if he'd knocked somebody down how, how he would That's have right. felt all right. Okay. Listen. Thank you for that, I and we'll and uh, keep in contact with us if they if it gets fixed, and we'll keep in contact with you as well. But thanks for joining us. Uh, good was. morning to you. That is uh, Jur in Kentork on the pedestrian crossing, eighteen fifty three 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 one zero three. Still getting in calls from the Macroom area, recognising uh, the great work of. Martin Coughlin, thrilled that he's been elected as a councillor. Finbar says Martin does so much work, a lot unseen in the town. He deserves to be on the council. He does the work anyway. So at least now he gets recognised for it. Calls coming in from Carrie Galine. Well done to Seamus McGrath. Afina fall for topping the poll. He does great work. On the ground and Gerry and Cove is also one of the people who've contacted us disappointed with the green vote. And that's going to cost us all. And he is blaming the national media. They have a lot to answer for. Now, John Paul said he spoke to Gary and Gary actually mentioned George Lee, the environment correspondent for RTE. And Gary's actually blaming George Lee for the green wave because he said he's doing too many environmental stories and too many green stories and stories about climate change and how we need to be recycling things and the effect that climate change is having on the planet and that George Lee is just doing too many stories. But I mean <laughs> he's not making up the stories, Gary. He's telling it as it is and he is the environment correspondent that is his brief is to go out there and find those stories and relay those stories well if Gary in Cove had his way we wouldn't have any of those stories on the national TV or on the national radio or even us here wouldn't be talking about any green stories because that's adding to and causing people to Vote in the Greens and uh, Gary and Cove is certainly not uh, a happy camper. Eighteen fifty three 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 one zero three. Some of your calls coming in. John Paul has just given me the latest. Oh, this is on the plebiscite. 10,000 votes have been counted in the plebiscite for a directly elected mayor for Cork. And do you know something? I think some of the... TDS who were accepting defeat that they'd lost this one must be sort of thinking what's going on here. It's a 50-50 split at the moment of the 10,000 votes counted 5,000 for yes and 5,000 for no. And uh, Owen English from The Examiner is tweeting on this. And he said he saw on one ballot paper a message was was written, we can't afford one. So I take it that was a spoilt uh, vote. I'm going to be very interested to hear when we get our first count from Ireland South, the number of invalid papers. Because there was a huge seemingly, and and I think it was higher than normal, proportion of people who went into the ballot boxes, they got there. Three or four ballot papers where they were here in Cork, and people just looked at the European papers and folded it up and put it in and put nothing on it, nothing at all. I mean, I've been at council over the years where I've seen people write things like that, you know, and and that's spoiling the vote. You can't write anything on the ballot paper, even if you put your one, two, and three and then write something. It's 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 deemed invalid, so you're not allowed to have sent messages on the ballot paper. But the I was shocked by what I was hearing from the count centres for the Europeans on the number of invalid papers and many of them were invalid because people just didn't vote. Now, I don't know whether in Ireland South was it to do with the length of the ballot paper and the 23 names and parties and who they were and where they were and where they were from and their occupations. I don't know. Did it put people off that there was too many candidates on it? It was such a huge ballot paper or for whatever reason even at the council centre people were talking about this it was kind of a lacklustre campaign even on the locals it was kind of flat very different to what it was five years but then, as I pointed out five years ago we were in the middle of austerity it was a very different country to what it is today so whether that sort of led to this kind of lacklustre uh, campaign but people just didn't seem to be interested in the Europeans to the extent that they went in they obviously wanted to vote in maybe the referendum they wanted to vote in the locals maybe they wanted to vote in the plebiscite and of course you have to take all of the ballot papers, people just fold it up and put it in, and we'll wait and see how many invalid papers when we get the first account from our Ireland South. But at the moment on the plebiscite, it is 50, it's split 50, 50. it'll go it can go either way.:
7: You're listening to Cork Today on replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed.
3: We've got a question for Annalise. Can you get it in? Because she joins us after half past 11. Somebody says, "Prisha, have I missed Annalise? No, she joins us after half past 11. Half past 12, sorry, today. So in this final hour, so get your questions in 1850 Let me look to some of your texts and calls uh, coming in. Congratulations to McCoom Councillor Governor Moynihan says a texter on her great victory in election on the first count to Cork County Council for the Mayor and Mill Street electoral area at the weekend. Great to have a committed full-time councillor in the area says a uh, texter. Uh, The time has come says says this text for electronic voting. Oh I did hear somebody say does somebody keep the receipt for the electronic votes, particularly when you look at the Europeans and how long the European election is going to take. Anyway, this is from Tim the First. There is a councillor in Donegal who's 89, a few years older than Noel Collins who was elected to the Old Middleton Urban District Council in 1967 and the County Council in 1974. But Gareth Fitzgerald could analyse complicated economic papers at 87 and Ken Whitaker was even older and that's from Tim the First who said it'll probably be my last text of the week <laughs> so I'll be out of earshot we always enjoy your texts Tim the First thank you for that Tim the Second seems to have to, Tim the Second if he's listening put yours down as Tim the Second so we'll know the difference between the uh, two uh, I mentioned that there's meant to be bad hog wheat at Lavering Cross somebody um, and I've asked John Paul to put it on the list that we're sending into the council to see if something can be done about it because John contacted us because he said it's actually dangerous for driving because it's grown, grown so big. Somebody's surprised to hear that it's at Lathering Cross. Surely John Paul O'Shea will be all over sorting that out and he got re-elected as a, a councillor. So does, has anybody pointed it out to councillor John Paul O'Shea or has he seen it himself? His address is Lathering Cross says uh, Dan. Hi Patricia, how did Paddy Tobin's new party aim to does anybody know how they uh, did? The last I saw on A 2 was yesterday when they were running, supported about 5%, which for a new party isn't bad. 5% in several electoral areas. Most of that, though, as would be expected, was coming from Sinn Féin. They had certainly one councillor elected, uh, Sarah Riley was elected. She topped the poll in Baileyborough in County Cavan. Um, I haven't I'd have to do research on that for you in the afternoon but that's the, the oh, that's what I can give you what I saw from yesterday whether they got more in but they reckon about 5% which I'm assuming for a new party Patrick Tobin would be happy enough with because you build a party whether he'll go onwards and upwards from here only time will tell someone says when you're talking about Mallow get rid of the stupid plaza in Mallow and many more, many people have stopped shopping in the town because of that plaza, because of the disastrous parking and then the endless traffic jams. Uh, the town has been ruined between strict parking and the plaza. It has been destroyed. And actually, somebody else said, was on about this earlier, if I can find it. This is, no name on this. Hi, Patricia, I heard the interview that you did with the councillor for Mallow. That's the newest councillor for Mallow, Pat Hayes, who topped the for Fáil. And I did say to him, was traffic, did traffic come up? And he did say when he was on the canvas trail, it did. Anyway, somebody said, I heard that uh, interview and you asked him, could he address the traffic problems in Mallow? The road traffic rule 101 should be enforced by members of Shear Corner. Rule 101, what is it? It is an offence to be stationary in the yellow box area. That's what hap- That's what happens right outside uh, when the lights have turned red. A driver Drivers are totally disregarding this. They jam the road at the bottom of Mallow, only allowing one or two cars to exit from the town when the lights turn green. If cameras were installed and then fines issued, that would help to resolve the traffic problem. And you know something? you might have a solution there, put traffic, put cameras on it. I mean, there, it would be, you know, we could get onto the Guardian and say, go down and stop people parking in the box, but you, you stick a guardie there and no one will drive into the yellow box unless their exit, you can get out of the yellow box because that's what the rules of the road say that you are to do. But if there was a fixed camera and people started getting fines, I wonder would that stop people? And that texture is right. That is, a lot of the problems with the traffic flowing through the town to do with the lights can change. I saw somebody um, put up on on, uh, Facebook that they they reckon there was eight changes of the lights before they got down to the town and it was because the box was constantly blocked with cars and they're stationary and there's somebody who knows the rules of the road because it's the road traffic rule 101 which says it's an offence to be stationary in the yellow box once the lights have turned red. Uh, So please note that Texter says I voted the Green Party serious climate change is needed in this country the Greens got shafted by Fianna Fáil when they were in government together took them a long time to recover. By the way, says... Oh, this is Connor in Cork City. Nobody's given out about the seats Fianna Fáil got, in fairness. Everybody's... Well, not everybody, but we are getting some criticism of the Green Party and saying, look what happened when they were in government. But you, Connor is right. They were in a coalition government with uh, Fianna Fáil. Why is nobody saying uh, blame the Fianna Fáil instead? Hi, wondering, did Sean O'Donovan get elected? He did. He got one... He got a seat. And Anthony says, Cork looked amazing. Pity I didn't manage to get to see Rod Stewart when he sang Grace. Uh, and I take it, Anthony, you saw it on Facebook. A lot of people uh, shared that and it looked like it was a magical moment from Porky Creeve. I mean, all he did all of the songs really well. But when he sang his version of Grace, it's a beautiful, beautiful version of the song. 1850, We are particularly looking for questions for Annalise our nutritional therapist text you can text as well 0862-103-103. The
2: C103 Cork Diary
3: With Cork County Council supporting businesses supporting communities
7: serving Cork visit CorkCoco.ie
3: Mallow ICA they are meeting at 8 o'clock tonight in the Social Services Hall new members are welcome Cork's Rotary Satellite Club. They're holding a table quiz tomorrow Tuesday in the South Country Bar in Douglas. It starts at 8 tomorrow night 40 euro per table with proceeds going towards the Bikes to the Gambia project where Rotary Ireland has successfully sent 2,000 bicycles to the Gambia to enable children to attend school. Isn't that a great project? Kildallery Community Lotto draw that will take place on Thursday in Sheehan's Bar while the Cork County area are holding an Alcoholics Anonymous convention in McCroom next weekend Friday the 31st to Sunday the 2nd it's at the Riverside Park Hotel an open public meeting will be held on the Sunday and that kicks off at 12 noon and the all-star floorball fundraiser that we mentioned on the programme last week will be held in Mallow Youth Centre this coming Saturday it's the June bank holiday weekend from 10am to 5pm it's a fun day raffle disco and it's an aid of Munster Special Olympics and the Cleaner Foundation
5: Volkswagen commercial vehicles
7: never compromise on quality now you don't have to either with our unmatched scrap or save bonus of up to 4,000 euro this summer a new Volkswagen van has never been more affordable try before you buy with a 24 hour test drive at your local dealer or visit volkswagenvans.ie and we'll come to you Please please apply.
2: The political landscape has shifted, but what does it mean for you? In Monday's Irish Independent and Independent.ie, we take you beyond the headlines with our election special magazine. Get all the results county by county and the definitive analysis from Ireland's leading political commentators. Plus, how will the results change the power play between Leo Varadkar and Michal Martin? Don't miss the election special, only in Monday's Irish Independent and Independent.ie. Take a fresh look get ready for the summer madness sale at Murray's of Charleville get your summer wardrobe off to a great start with up to 30% off collections from thought and calf call in to see our beautiful on-trend summer collections from Ilza Jacobson Jerry Weber Bianca and decollage plus much more now in store and get up to an amazing 30% off summer fashions now that's the fantastic summer madness sale now on at Murray's of Charleville Murray's of Charleville quality value and service Since 1913. What's the first thing you notice
7: when you enter a room? Why the flooring, of course. To stay on trend, view the latest range of flooring at Wood Flooring Ireland. North Point Business Park today. Whether it's a new build or renovating, we have the laminate engineered or vinyl floor for you. With huge savings across the entire range. May Madness at Wood Flooring Ireland. Your wood floor superstore. Tim. Tim. Did you hear about those Credit Union farm loans? Go on. They're giving up to fifty thousand euro for farm machinery, tractors, new sheds, parlours, livestock. You name it. I could get a fair few bullocks for that kind of money, Barry. Yeah. <laughs> Cultivate agri-loans are now available from Balancolic, Bantry and Cantor Credit Unions. Talk to us today. Terms and conditions apply. Loan subject to approval. Warning, if you do not meet the repayments on your loan, your account will go into arrears. This may affect your credit rating which may limit your ability to access credit in the future. Credit Unions are regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland.
2: Cork today on C103. Call Patricia with your comment. 1850 333 103
3: And we are going to go back to City Hall where Fiona Corcoran, our senior news reporter porter uh, once again joins me um good afternoon to you Fiona good afternoon treasure and counting continues at city hall for the uh, plebiscite on whether to vote whether to have a directly elected lord mayor for the city how is That's the right. how is the counting going
4: Yeah, it's quite interesting, actually. Um, You know, on Saturday morning, I think people had um, written it off and they were saying that it was a a definite no, but um, it's really neck and neck here now, Patricia. There's 24,000 votes um, that have been counted so far and it's 12,000 yes and 12,000 no. That's how close it is. So um, we reckon they're about halfway through the count. So we'll have to just see now over the next few hours what way that's going to go, if that trend is going to continue or whether there's going to be a shift. But um, at the minute, very much 50-50 and uh, people are saying it is still too early to call at this stage so um, really, really um, anxious wait for anybody involved in that campaign here in um, the in, in City Hall, in the Millennium Hall in City Hall. And There's also um, a recount going on here in the Cork South Central constituency. Um, we haven't got any results on that yet um, but we're expecting to get results in the plebiscite maybe around 3, 4 o'clock and hopefully the, the recount something similar as well. And just, just, now, just
3: just on the plebiscite for, for a sec. I mean, the the initial tallies were indicating that it was going to be comfortably rejected. The tallies got it wrong.
4: Yeah but I suppose like when you look at tallies um, there you know we always kind of give tallies with a very uh, strict warning that it is only an indication and I think in this situation because the way the votes were being sorted um, there wasn't a, a proper tally done and it was just um, I suppose like a, a bunch of boxes that were looked at and maybe there was a particular area in the city that had voted no um, and that's what people were going on um, and now when they're, they're they're sifting through them all and um, you know it, it the, the picture seems to be lot different now okay. so um it is like i mean everybody had been reporting on um saturday morning that it was a no vote even we had spoken to um jerry bottomer the senator jerry bottomer who has spearheaded the yes campaign for the directly elected mayor and he had even conceded de- defeat and um you know and, and it's changed now so it's it that it actually makes it very interesting because i suppose when we were coming in here this morning we all said Usher you know it, it's a no vote um it's not going to be very exciting but now as we see that it's so Uh, 50-50 that it's um, yeah, it makes for um, an interesting afternoon here. And of
3: course there's also a similar plebiscite, two similar plebiscites going on one in Waterford and one in Limerick Um, Mm -hmm. but their result doesn't in any way affect the result from Cork.
4: No, they're, all, they're three separate votes. So if one of the areas gets it, then they will have a directly elected mayor. So if if Limerick votes yes, then they will have a directly elected mayor. And if we vote no, then we won't have it. Um, but um, I think that if, if it is a no... Um, it will go back and, and the party will look at it and um, maybe put it to the people again, they may have a citizens assembly on it as well so I don't think if, if it is defeated I don't think it will be the end of it um, You know, I think in Dublin it is going to a citizens assembly to discuss there um, so they may do something similar down here I think a lot of people with this um, with the plebiscite were a little bit confused about it we're hearing a lot of people saying that they didn't get a lot of information, now the people involved in the campaign say there was a lot of information there was leaflets but um, a lot of people didn't seem to get those leaflets and I think a big thing as well was the fact that the salary Mm -hmm. was put into the public domain very early on and that really got people's backs up and um, you know so I don't know I was asking Jerry Bottomer here this morning if he thought that the campaign was maybe handled wrong wrongly but he says that um, no that you know they got the information out there that they wanted there was plenty of debates there was plenty of discussions on it and that there was information there if people wanted to get but I suppose um, we don't know at this stage now whether or not the people of Cork City voted yes or no um, but we will have a clearer picture of that in the next couple of hours and 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 we're hoping for a result at three o'clock.
3: And I have to say when we spoke with you earlier and we mentioned what you would be covering uh, today we again got in a string of calls and texts and people saying we can't afford a directly elected mayor <laughs> again just picking up on the mm. salary and nothing else and just one final point we have no way of knowing where the yeses and nos what part of the city the yeses and o's are coming from
4: No. And, um, you know, with elections, there's, you know, just because constituencies and in those constituencies, there's boxes and those boxes all belong to different areas. So you can see where, you know, the Bishopstown votes are, the Balancholic votes are, the McCroom votes are. But I think with the directly elected mayor, they haven't done that. They didn't want to make a big divide out of the north and south. So I think everything has been um, put in together. So I don't think we're going to have any knowledge of whether or not there was a big yes vote or a big no vote in, in either side of the city. I think it's all kind of. They, they want And they did, did that on purpose. They didn't want to have, like, you know, say one side was going to say no and the other side was going to say yeah. And they didn't want that kind of a divide. So I think it's just all been put in together. OK. And as you say, uh,
3: also underway in City Hall is the uh, full recount for Cork South Central.
4: Yeah, and I'm here with Dan Boyle now. He has been elected. Um, he was elected on the second seat, but he, uh, he hasn't been declared elected yet um, because we're still waiting for the results of the recount. And I have him here with me, Patricia, um, and I'm just going to pass him on to you here. Thank now. you,
3: thank you, Fiona. Thanks for that, Fiona. Um, good, good afternoon to you, Dan. Hello, Patricia, and uh, congratulations, now, Councillor Dan Boyle. I know you still haven't been declared. Uh, uh, yes, yet. Uh, well done, and you must be particularly chuffed. I mean, obviously, getting the seat yourself, but also the the green wave that everybody is is talking about. What what are you putting that down to?
9: Uh, well, I think there's a couple of factors. I mean, some of them are negative. Uh, people look for uh, a political party in, in many elections uh, that, that would make a statement against. Uh, Traditional political parties, particularly the government, at any given time, but I, I, I think green support has been based on a couple of things. Uh, the, there's obviously a large number of younger people. I, I think uh, they've been informed by things like uh, Greta Thunberg and the uh, the march, uh, the climate marches, and from you know things that they're seeing on the internet and through television programs like David Attenborough about very real global environmental problems we're facing. Uh, and uh, they're less inclined to fit in with voting with the traditional political parties. Uh, But uh, I I, I think that the Green Party itself has become uh, a bit more professionalised. We certainly have learned lessons from our own past, uh, and we put a very strong collective effort in, uh, exceeding our own expectations, and not only the four councillors being elected to Cork City Council, but having representation for the first time ever on Cork County Council, with uh, Liam Quaid and Alan O'Connor being elected, which we're especially delighted about.
3: And when you were out on the campaign trail, Dan were you getting a sense that people were going to start moving their votes to the green party
9: well i I suppose we were pleased that uh, we were getting more positive reactions uh, that we were getting less negative reactions because that's that 's part of campaigning as well uh, but but no the, the scale of it is is something that surprised even us. Uh, we we had expectations in the sense that we thought we'd be competitive in in four wards with maybe half a quota and if we hung in long enough we'd benefit from transfers but uh, we 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 got very strong votes and uh, we' were, were elected very close uh, three of us were elected uh, to either the f- first second or third seats in, in our wards uh, and Oliver waited till the end uh, but uh, obviously something is afoot. Uh, we're probably going to see something more of it in the European elections today. Uh, and uh, what we're hoping for is that uh, we're 30 years or more as a political party in this country, so w- what we're hoping for is that this will give us stability to the Green Party that uh, maybe we've been lacking in the past, that we've been seen as Dublin-centric. Our, our gains, uh, while strongest in Dublin, have been all over the country, and, and Cork is a very useful counterpoint with the uh, six Green councillors between the city and the county now.
3: You hopeful of uh, a a seat in Europe with Grace? Uh,
9: I think we are. Uh, I I think the important thing is that Grace stays ahead of Mick Wallace, and uh, Grace will be the most transfer-friendly candidate in the field. Uh, And I I think she'll uh, she'll hopefully get the fourth seat, and that's what we're hoping for at this stage. But uh, uh, to be elected uh, at all will be a huge achievement for us. again we approached the election on the basis that uh, dublin was our strongest opportunity of getting elected that ireland south was was uh, a strong possibility uh, and that uh, Midlands Northwest was a, a distinct uh, improbability uh, but we're competitive in all three and we will definitely get one MEP elected uh, and we will probably get two and we might even get three so uh, six weeks ago we didn't think that possible we didn't think we'd have 48 councillors in Ireland either so uh, there's definitely a, a new Green Party and a stronger Green Party and Irish politics will be changed uh, because of that.
3: Now you find yourself as a councillor you've been been a senator, you've been a, a TD, but it all started back in Cork City Council in 1991, wasn't it? Was that when you were first elected? That's
9: right, yeah, t- 28 years ago. Wow, when, I was 20, wow. when I was 28 years myself, <laughs> half a lifetime ago. So, uh, are you, looking, are you in in looking
3: forward to going back to local politics where it all began?
9: Yeah, and particularly because it's a new situation. For for, for uh, 11 years, I was the only green in the village. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I, I had to do everything on my own. I was the yeah, chief cook and bottle washer. Uh, but to go in with a team, with people who's... Uh, energy levels and enthusiasm as it might be even greater than mine who are looking at things with a fresh approach uh, and and collectively we can uh, divide up the workloads uh, in a a way that wouldn't overburden uh, any of us but uh, that we can get greater more done because we're working collectively. Uh, These are opportunities as as well as uh, challenges that I'm looking forward to and uh, I'm I'm firmly convinced we can make a difference and we'll, we'll see Greens being elected to other offices as a result.
3: OK, and of course you're in, you're in City Hall waiting for uh, the count to finish up but also the plebiscite that I've just spoken with, Fiona. Wh- what's your your take on that? Are you in favour of a directly elected Lord Mayor yeah, of the we, we,
9: we, actually, we actually campaigned in, uh, outside of Fine Gael. we We put up posters in the city arguing why there should be uh, a directly elected Lord Mayor. Uh, for the Greens, it's, it's a matter of local democracy. Uh, it, it's a simple principle that uh, wherever decisions are being made for the general public, that the person who's making those decisions uh, should be fully accountable, and uh, that the uh, political and electoral process should be involved in the the selection of of them making those decisions. So, uh, yeah, directly elected mayors exist in in most other democracies in the world. The Irish system is a hybrid, and it's a very bad hybrid. Too many decisions are made uh, in secret, uh, no justification for why they're being made, no explanation as to how they're being made. Uh, and and the people making them are appointed. They're not elected, uh, and and very often they're largely unaccountable, and we need to have a better system of local government. In fact, it would be nice to have real local government at all, uh, and a directly elected mayor would be part of the process that would help bring that about.
3: Okay, well, congratulations to newly elected Councillor uh, Dan Boyle of the Green Party, and uh, thank you for joining us on the programme today. Thank you, Tisha. Good afternoon to you. Bye-bye. You. That is uh, Dan Boyle joining us live from City Hall along with our senior news reporter, uh, Fiona Corcoran. Okay, some qu- uh, get your questions in for Annalise, please. eighteen fifty three 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 one zero three. I can see some coming in by text as well. Get those in. Uh, 086 Some of your texts coming in. Stephen from County Kerry. And actually talking of uh, County Kerry, the Healy Ray... Dynasty goes on. Three councillors elected first time out. There's five now in the Healy Ray party. They have two two TDs and three councillors. Incredible isn't it? Incredible. And I take it they get voted in on their name. You know they're they're young people who haven't done anything yet. Even though I suppose uh, how does anybody get voted in on the first time but on their name? But but are they literally getting in because their name is is Healy Ray? Anyway, Stephen, uh, who is a regular listener to us, he lives in County Kerry, but he's a regular listener to us here at C103, says, uh, I agree with the, a caller who made a point earlier about the Greens increasing fuel prices, etc. That's not going to stop people driving when they need to drive though. Once again, it's the easy target syndrome. Personally, I find it very hard to motivate myself to do my bit for climate change when I realise there's a plane landing and taking off every minute of the day, 365 days of the year and there's fracking taking place all over America and on and on and on. Climate change action is one of the problems that you need to start at the top rather than at the bottom. When flights were cancelled a few years ago due to the volcanic ash eruption near Iceland, seemingly... The change in the atmosphere was noticeable, and that was just after a few days, says uh, Stephen from uh, Kerry. And I know it's hard when people. It's when you see the bigger picture when it comes to climate change but it's the old adage better to light the candle than curse the darkness if we all do our little bit it does make a difference I know it doesn't feel like it does Stephen but it really really does Uh, John says I want to wish all the new councillors the very best of luck my advice for anyone elected in the Mallow area is take up the plaza and take back the parking put the money back into the town when I was at the council centre on Saturday night in Mallow there was (laughs) a Was a bit of rumbling going around about the plaza. Which which of the councillors will be the first into the councillors to suggest removing the plaza? So only time will uh, tell. OK, just very quick. There's a backup of texts coming in. Some of them are for Annalise. Congratulations to Governor Moynihan on being elected. Uh, it's great to have such a diligent person like her as a uh, councillor. The Patricia, when you are, this is back to Mallow and Parking, when you're trying to get from the Park Road to go over Mallow Bridge, the lights are green and you get cut off by cars coming from Bridge Street. It's the very same thing that's happening at the lower end of the town. People are parking in the yellow box. That is uh, illegal. And Sandy says, does that plaza and strict parking help keep Mallow green? I wouldn't say it helps Keith Mallow Green with the amount of fumes from cars that are just blocked up and are in are stuck in traffic. I'm often thinking of the fumes that are coming from all of those cars and still getting in calls including one from Seamus saying delighted for Frank Roach that he's been elected as a councillor. Also great to see Franco Flynn returned to office. Things are looking good for the area. That's from Seamus actually I spoke with Councillor Franco Flynn he was thrilled with his personal vote because the personal vote had gone back up and he was absolutely uh, delighted. Uh, 1850 333 103 John Paul taking your course. we're going to take a break uh, and we're back answering your questions with Annelise Dressel so you can text or WhatsApp 0862
7: 103 103 Hello this is Rod Stewart We've given it away the Rod Stewart 3K triple play on C103 Hi
0: there Hi what's your name? Marie. What's your surname, Marie? Phelan. And where are you from, Marie Phelan? I'm from Van Laird. Marie Phelan.
8: You just won 3,000,
7: So congratulations to Marie Phelan from Glanmire for winning 3,000 euro on the Rod Stewart 3K triple play. And stay listening for the best way to win big on C103.
2: This is the Cork
3: Today replay on C103. And Annalise Dressel from the Health Hub Times Square in Balancholic uh, joins us on the programme. Good afternoon to you, Annalise. Good afternoon, Patricia. and And you are very welcome. And we get straight into because there's a lot of questions coming in. Anne is straight in with a question saying, could Annalise suggest, what could I take for problems with my sinuses?
10: Okay, so at the most basic level, you need to take something that will dry up the mucus. So good um, decongestant herbs are things like ivy, thyme, bayberry, they're all very astringent, so they'll help dry up the mucus and stop a nasal drip. Now, that's really only dealing with the symptoms. So ideally, what you need to do is try and figure out what the cause is. And in my experience, sinus is often as a result of a, an allergic type response to something in your environment. So it could be dust, it could be mould. Like I've noticed myself, Patricia, I go and do a class in the gym and I always thought my chest was quite tight and I noticed a massive patch of damp there last week and I think it's definitely the mould when I go in there affects my chest so I think in Ireland it's very hard to escape mould it's a big factor for people with sinus and with chest issues so have a look in the house or in your work environment or like you know for if you're going to somewhere regularly make sure that it's fairly um it's 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 mould proof or get an air filter even actually ivy plants are wonderful as well to have in the house because they can remove about 80% of mould spores. From the air, so even having a couple of ivy plants is a very cheap way, not having to buy an expensive air filter. Um, other things in the environment that might be causing it might be something in in your food, and dairy is often hailed as a culprit for mucus production. So maybe cutting dairy out of your diet for a couple of weeks to see do things improve. Um, other things that can help as well would be the neti pot, so that's like a little pot that you fill with saline solution, just water. Um, boiled water will do with some sea salt dissolved in it and rinsing out the nose morning and evening and another thing that's very useful as well is um, the salt pipes now that's great if you've got chest issues as well but it can be very helpful for people with recurrent sinus and it's basically like a ceramic based pipe and the salt in it and what you do is you pull air through the pipe and it takes microcrystals of salt in through the nose and down into the lungs And it'll help dry up and, and I suppose, in a way, sterilise the mucus and prevent infection as well.
3: Okay, lots of solutions there. Hi, could you ask Annalise, please, what is good for neuropathic nerve pain? Oh, which sounds agonising.
10: Yeah, so neuropathic is to do with the nerves, And, um, I I mean, one of the most common ones for people is sciatica. really, I suppose. That's with a trapped nerve, but it's inflammation around the nerve causing severe pain. So it's not like a wear and tear arthritis type pain. It's it's agonising. So neuropathic pain can take place in lots of different places in the body. Some people get it in the jaw. Um, That's awful as well. You get pain going all up the face and that's coming from the jaw. So your listener doesn't really say where the neuropathic pain is. Um, I suppose I think probably a natural anti-inflammatory approach would be a good way to go. Um, So I think probably things like your fish oils, Cannabis oil can be wonderful, actually, for neuropathic pain because it actually does work in the brain as well at a neurotransmitter level. So if there's any kind of centralized inflammation in the brain that heightens your pain response, CBD oil can be great for that. Um, or cannabis oil or CBD oil, that's, they're both the same thing. Um, magnesium is very important um, for good um, nerve transmission. So that's why restless legs can be often a sign of magnesium deficiency. So maybe taking a magnesium supplement would help. Other good natural anti-inflammatories are Boswellia, which comes from the frankincense. Um, Turmeric is very good as well, but um, high-strength turmeric extract is excellent, but not suitable for anybody who is on a blood thinner. Uh, Also, the fish oil is not suitable for anybody else on a blood thinner. Um, I think they'd probably be the most powerful ones, really, Patricia. Okay. And the other thing then with um, nerve pain, sometimes people will notice that it develops after a bout of shingles. Shingles can affect the nerves and cause them to fire. And sometimes when the virus has cleared up, um, you're still left with that ongoing nerve pain. And it's a difficult one to kind of um, to get on top of. But I've had some customers who've had sex with, uh, success with um, high-dose magnesium. And there's also a supplement called, um, it's by a company called Nature's Plus, And it's called First Day Anti-Inflammatory Response. And it's a blend of uh, probably about 50 or 60 60 different kind of natural anti-inflammatories in a jar. Now, it's expensive, but it's certainly worth trying for a month to try and reset the nerve.
3: Okay. Hi, Annelise. Um, in uh, in relation to very dry skin, especially on hands and face, also dry on my lips, it actually is beginning to be, be uncomfortable at times Would supplements her help. I've tried lots of creams. Nothing seems to be working. And also, does eating olives help with dry skin? Thanking you from Mary. So dry skin, hands and face and on the lips. Yes,
10: yeah, so... Um Dry skin generally is, is a lack of fat either in the diet or an inability of the cell, the skin cells to hold on properly to fat. So fats actually are part of our cell membranes, And if you've got the right fats in your cell membranes, it kind of helps to waterproof them and keep them lovely and supple. If you've the wrong fats like the saturated fats in your membranes, that's when they can become hard and inflexible. So the fish oils are wonderful for a number of different things. They'll keep that cell membrane waterproofed and flexible so they're very helpful for dry skin but they also um, because they're they don't harden they and keep the membrane flexible they're great for people who suffer for um, from type 2 diabetes where the cell is no longer responsive to the signals of insulin so um, fish oils they just do so many things within our body they're a wonderful natural health supplement to have the other thing as well, um, like, I mean, eczema as well, Patricia, actually fundamentally is inability for the the cells to hold on to fats properly and to try and waterproof themselves. And eczema often has an immune component, you know, that you're reacting to something. So I'm wondering in this lady's case, um, would it be that she's actually um, reacting? Is it almost an immune response? And is there something in her diet that's kind of driving it? So she might take a look at that possibly to see, especially if she's any IBS like symptoms, that's always a good sign that you're eating something that's causing problems. And then taking a high strength fish oil supplement, um that you, you want one with at least a thousand milligrams of EPA and DHA in there. So you'll probably have to pay about thirty quid for a good fish oil supplement of that strength. But you should notice a difference after a couple of months. And then I'm a big fan of a product called um Salcura. They do a spray called Dermaspray and the cream version of it is called Zeoderm. And it's entirely natural and there's some fats in it. So spraying it or or rubbing it into the skin can help put the fats into the cells and help um, help with very, very dry skin. And taking olives is a good way to get the healthy fats in the diet. So yes, eating olives would help. And I worked with a lovely man from years, for years, three years, that was from uh, Algeria. And his grandmother used to make him take a big tablespoon of olive oil going off to school every morning. <laughs> and he had wonderful skin.
3: <laughs> hey, great. I should stay on skin, because Margaret says, any uh, uh, collagen products that you could recommend? She's in her 50s and she's noticing her skin sagging.
10: Yeah, the collagen is amazing, Patricia, for the skin. It really is. Um, you know, customers come in all the time delighted after a month on collagen, saying, oh, my gosh, I can't believe my skin. It really does help plump it up. And sometimes people who take collagen for their joints will also notice the benefit of their skin. So you want, uh, I suppose, a good quality collagen. Most of the European brands, the collagen all has to come from one factory because we have to be very careful. It often comes from bones. So we have to be careful, obviously, of BSE, the mad cow disease. So make sure it's a European supplement. I would always be a bit concerned about American supplements unless it is... um, know been tested and there is there is one brand that is a brilliant brand natures plus they do a fantastic collagen now i haven't been able to get it it's been out of stock for the last number of months but that one is grass-fed cows and they're all tested for bsc so it's safe and there is an irish company that do uh, a collagen supplement for the face it's called your beauty tonic and there's also hyaluronic acid in that and hyaluronic acid Helps to kind of plump out the collagen and make it even plumper and helps to retain you know the collagen retain water so yeah. um, that's a really nice one as well. Revive Active is another company they do a beauty complex that has collagen in there so um oh and actually there's a there's another uh, one called Golden Greens, and that's a very very good value collagen. The packaging isn't very sophisticated looking it just comes in one big pack and you just have to take a spoon of collagen out and mix it up yourself but it's very very good value so that's called Golden Greens Collagen Complex.
3: Okay question for Annalise please. What would cause an itchy roof of the mouth Ooh. and sometimes an itchy ear comes and goes? Could drive you
10: crazy, Patricia.
3: Roof of the mouth one would, yeah.
10: Any any kind of an itch. My sister used to get that itch in her mouth when she'd eat berries sometimes, when she'd overdose on strawberries. So uh, it's often a kind of an overdose of histamine. Um, So, yeah, it could be, it's generally an allergic reaction to something. So trying to pin it down is probably the key. Always have a look at berries. They they can be a big um, culprit. Also, the other thing that causes quite a lot of itchy... Um, and allergically similar reactions is something called sulfites. Now, sulfites are often used in um, wines, particularly red and white wine. Well, actually, there only is red and white wine, but particularly white wine, I think. And um, they use it to kind of clear the sediment out of these wines. So it's added. It's not naturally in there. And that can drive people crazy. So if you notice that the following day after a glass of red, a couple of glasses of red or white wine, that you're very snotty and streamy eyes are an itchy roof of the mouth, it's definitely sulfites are causing a problem. And then you need to just go on to Google and do a list of sulfite high foods and try and remove those from your diet.
3: Okay, Morris was on to say my granddaughter has a runny nose for the last five months since Christmas, to be precise. Is there any vitamin supplement to prevent this happening? It comes out one side more than the other. She has a twin sister who is fine.
10: Yeah. Yeah, it's funny, Patricia, there's a lot of people got bad colds this winter and never like I had a lot of people complaining that their taste didn't fully come back, that they're still snotty. Um, and they're still getting a lot of mucus production. So I wonder if for this little girl, did she have a bad cold? Is that what kick-started it? Um, If not, then you need to, again, look into the environment and see, is there something, you know, feather pillows, mould in the house, is she allergic to dust, Is that what is causing it? Um, You know, you would kind of think the twin sister would have the same symptoms if that was the case, but it not always is, you know. You can often have one twin with allergic reactions and one without. So I think probably take a look and see if there's something that is causing that. I mean, this time of the year, a lot of people will notice because of the pollen, their particularly runny nose. So if it's got worse, then it definitely does sound like it's an allergic reaction. So make sure that the bedroom is clear. Uh, Put an air filter in, perhaps at night time, that might solve the problem.
3: Okay, how do I get rid of brown age spots on my face
10: Oh yeah, I don't know. I think could make a lot of money. Patricia, I have some of them on my hands. There is a couple of natural products that do do have some brightening capability. Uh, one of them is Trilogy. They do a brightening cream that is. Um, it it can make a difference if you use it regularly on your face. Um, it can help with pigmentation. It's generally as a result of sun damage, Patricia. So you need to wear very very high factor if you're prone to that kind of brown age spot um the sun will make it a lot worse um i think to be honest probably the best way of treating it is to go for laser treatment a lot of those lasers are very good for getting rid of you know the little thread veins and age spots so um go to a good beautician's that has a, a high quality laser um it can be expensive but often it's the most successful
3: route okay. All right, we'll leave you there. Have a lovely week. We won't talk to you next week. because It's bank holiday Monday, so we'll talk to you in two weeks' time. Thanks, pleasure. Thanks for that. That is Annalise Drissel of the Health Hub Times Square in Ballancolic Can I go quickly to some of your? Still getting loads and loads and loads of calls and texts in asking us to congratulate various people. Congratulations to Alan Coleman and Kevin Murphy back in the council. They do great work locally for our area of Belgooly, from the Passage West area. Walty says just want to say thanks to Michael. Rick Murphy, unfortunately lost out in his seat in Carrigaline, but he did tremendous work over the past five years for Passage West, so I want to publicly thank him. And calls coming in to say well done to Councillor James Kennedy, who returns to politics for the Mallow area. James, of course, had been, uh, James Kennedy had been a well-known town councillor and should that came up with the count as well. People bemoaning the fact that the town council uh, is gone, particularly when they saw somebody like James Kennedy getting voted in. Congratulations, says a texter, on all your coverage for the local government elections. Special praise to Noel McCarthy on a great vote and on topping the poll and Kate Dawson on her re-election also. And that comes in with best wishes from William Lunnigan in. Moy. Thank you for that uh, William and congratulations to our new councillor Michael Looney in the McCroom area. Great achievement, well deserved from all of his supporters in the Bearings area and my apologies if I didn't get around to all of your calls and texts today. Literally too many of them came in. Now we are hoping to give more coverage to the election throughout the week. We'll keep you updated, talk with some of the new guns and the old guard as well. That's where I leave you though. Thanks jump Paul i talk to you tomorrow.
2: This summer, thousands of people will love this feeling. You can experience it too. C103 invites you to run the Irish Examiner Cork City Marathon. Sunday, June 2nd. Whatever your fitness, whatever your goal, whatever your reason, we want you to hit the streets. Hit the streets. Or go solo in the half or full marathon. Register now at corkcitymarathon.ie. Corkcitymarathon.ie. The Irish Examiner. Cork City Marathon, Sunday, June second. With C103.
7: Stay in touch with what's happening in Cork. C103.
2: Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince.